It was deep, silent night when Hovendiel came into the room where Etar slept. Out! Out! cried Hovendiel. Let us have more light here, so that men may see the beauty men die for. He went with a torch from lamp to lamp, kindling them all. Etar stood between the bed curtains, which were green hangings worked with birds and beasts of the field, each in his proper colors. The girl was robed in white, and upon her breast gleamed the broken sigil of Skataya, that famed talisman which never left her person. She wore a scarlet girdle about her middle, and her loosened yellow hair fell heavy about her. Her fine, proud face questioned the clerk in silence, without any trace of fear. "'We must wait now,' says Hovendiel. "'Wait patiently for that which is to follow. For while the folk of Storison slept, while your fair, favoured lover slept, Detar, and your stout brothers Emmerich and Perion slept, and all persons who are your servitors and well-wishers slept, I, I, the puppet-shifter, have admitted Mogi d'Agremont and his men into this castle. They are at work now, hammer and tongs, to decide who shall be master of Storisand and you. Her first speech you would have found odd at such a time. But, oh, it was not you who betrayed us, Hovendil, not you whom Giron loved. You forget, he returned, that I, who am without any hope to win you, must attempt to view the squabbling of your other lovers without bias. It is the custom of omnipotence to do that, Etar. I have given Mogi d'Agremont an equal chance with Sir Giron. It is the custom of omnipotence to do that also, Etar. You will remember the tale was trite even in Job's far time, that the sweetmeats of life do not invariably fall to immaculate people. Then, as if on a sudden, Demetar seemed to understand that the clerk's brain had been turned through his hopeless love for her. She wondered dizzily how she could have stayed blind to his insanity this long, recollecting the inconsequence of his acts and speeches in the past. But matters of heavier urgency were at hand. Here, with this apparent madman, she was on perilous ground. But now had arisen a hideous contention without, and the shrieks there, and the clash of metal there, spoke with rude eloquence of company even less desirable. "'Heaven will defend the right!' Etar said bravely. "'I am not so sure that heaven has any finger in this pie. An heiress hides all. It will lift presently, and either good or evil, either Giron or Mogi, will come through that heiress as your master. I am not certain as yet which one I shall permit to enter, and the matter rests with me, Etar.' "'Heaven will defend the right,' Etar said bravely. And at that the heiress quivered and heaved, 
so that its heavy embroideries were converted into a welter of shimmering gold, bright in the glare of many lamps, sparkling like the ocean's waters at sunset. And Horvendil and Etart saw nothing else there for a breathless moment, which seemed to last for a great while. Then, parting, the heiress yielded up Mogi d'Agremont. Horvendil chuckled. 